Stop. What's wrong with the TV? Stop. Stop. Cut. Blooper reel. Fine. Cut. We'll start again. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Fine. Come on, just turn the TV off already. <laughs> it will do anything but turn the TV off. <laughs> Who doesn't hear that and want to stick up the middle finger at somebody as they're walking down the street in slow motion? I don't recommend that. Of course, it depends what part of the country you live in. Definitely don't do it if you live in anywhere near London. Or anywhere near up north. Midlands could be a bit sketchy too. They might stab you or something. Do it if you own a boat. to the shall I name them name no, and shame no 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 that could no. be a new segment <laughs> but um I had I had I had everything ready I had an op- ever since your first trip to hospital I had an overnight bag packed in the spare room for you so I had all that I even had a little bag for me of things to keep myself occupied while I wait around for you um because I knew what it was going to be like um so I had all that ready um, and I had your medical pack ready. Now, I, it was basically a clear bag with all this medication in it and a little card that the doctor, the nurses first gave us when he started chemotherapy that would tell, in an emergency situation, the doctor how to treat you depending on... It had loads of magical Within the jargon first hour, on it. Yeah. give him this, that yeah, and the, the other. Very, in very Antibiotics, quite bold, basically. Yeah, bold print. It was like, you need to be treated within the hour. That's yeah. all I remember out of it. And there was loads of medical jargon. Yeah, that's right. So we got you got got you to A&E. Bill dropped us off outside because he literally dropped us off in the ambulance I remember bay. almost collapsing it before we even got yeah, to the entrance. Yeah, so, um, so I'm literally... I'm, I'm quite... Well, I'm... I'm but I was, I was know. quite, I was with it. I was yeah, quite lucid. Yeah, you were with me. I literally, you were literally my, hanging My body off just me. wouldn't yeah. respond. But yeah, you were My hanging. mind was like, hey. This well, little... Verbally, I was like, what's going on? And I was like, I can make it. But my body was like. Yeah, so I'm about, what, five foot six? Five foot four? Are you? Yeah. Five foot four? Yeah. You're, you're, you're slightly like... taller than Sean, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. So you're about four, five, uh, five, four, five, five. Yeah. And you're about five. Five eleven and a half. Five, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm literally I've got you around my shoulder and I am literally dragging you into hospital like some fallen soldier in a war film. I'm surprised and nobody helped. It was quite busy and nobody stopped to help us. Yeah. So I dragged you into A and E and dragged you into reception and a friend had called ahead for us yes. to say that we were on our way. Um Oh, was Sarah, wasn't it? Yeah, Sarah so was yeah. called ahead. Thank you, Sarah, for that. And to yeah, um, give say us that, now. Yeah, to say that we're on the way, which which helped immensely <sighs> because they were if like, she hadn't right. done that, I probably would have been like, I would have collapsed and they yeah. probably would have taken well, another hour to do it anyway. You, had you, I mean, there was no, like, the receptionists at the A&E kind of were like, 
what's his me? name? <laughs> yeah, he's like, what's his name? What's going on? And I'm like, I'm literally like propping him up, and he's he wasn't. He was dead weight because because you just you were so unwell, you were literally dead weight. So mm. I'm like, oh my god, I'm trying to hold him up, trying to explain what's going on. And A and E is absolutely chocker block. There's no chairs free because my first react, my first thing I was going to do was dump you down on a chair. Um, so. They're like, right, find a seat. Someone will be with you in a minute. So obviously they've gone off to find someone to come and help us. Um, so I turned, and just as I turned, some some older lady had stood stood up, the only one out with this chocolate block and knee, and went, "Here's a seat for you." Um, and I think I think possibly some guy might have made to help me take you over there but by that point i'd already got you sat down yeah um i, like, I had my trusty walking stick with me as yeah, well yeah you were literally like sat down for about 30 seconds and then they called you to go into and the i remember triage. i remember because it was behind because i was facing the other way and i just remember like the moment i sat down it was a few seconds later on and uh all of a sudden heard this like oh mr nash yeah and i was like hey that's me <laughs> yeah and i was just like Quite excited about the concept, but I couldn't get up. No, I had to get. I had to help again. No one came to help her, so I had yeah. to help you get up, and That's I literally and the, carried. And the nurse dude in the office that you have to go through before you yeah, put you through. Yeah. yeah, he just stood there in the doorway yeah. and watched. I just watched me yeah. struggle. Okay, to be fair, around it was only ten chairs, feet, but, but we yeah, had to go around, all the way chairs. around the chairs and yeah, what? And oh, it was, and then I, I sat you down and I explained like quickly what was going on and it gave i'm sure you showed him the leaflet thing yeah girl was like i've got this card that tells you know you need to get this and he was like right you need to get that to the doctor he was like what's wrong i was like testicular cancer yeah and he was like oh have you had had surgery it's like a long time ago it's like i'm in the process of chemotherapy i mean there was no urgency i told him what his temperature was when i last took it and this was like within 20 minutes yeah all he did was like oh i better go check yeah and they took his temperature and within the 20 minutes it had gone from at home being like 38 point something. But, and at 38, but it it's, hit it's 39. like go to A&E because you need yeah. help. That was the biggest warning on this shoot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then when it hit, it gone in within 20 minutes, it hit 39, which was like, you know, he needs to get treated with something. So they take you through to the A&E main rooms, get you on yeah. a bed. Yep. And by this point, you literally like you're you're going in and out of well, I wouldn't say in and out of consciousness, but you weren't with me at the same time. No, you were just happy to be lying down. I think I was. I would to be. I was really with it, and I was happy to be laying down. My only one problem was that I was really cold. Yeah, and all you. And everyone else wanted to do was take my clothes off. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to, but it was like, um, I, so I started panicking after You were there for a bit. I remember you were there for like, what? You were there for three hours trying to tell. Every time no, the doctor came around or someone came around, you were like, look, trying to give them this, uh, this, this little this card, card that had all the information on it. And then they were like, okay, they looked at it and then they wandered off. And then it was like another hour or whatever. Well, no, I think I think to be honest, after the first hour, I panicked and I called your parents and I explained. That took them, them an hour to get there. Yeah, and but your dad on the way had called the your consultant. They managed to find the number because I didn't have. That's the only thing I didn't, I didn't do anything, have. Cause they, it wasn't until they could. We were. I was there for at least three hours. And I'm thinking it was like closer to four before they actually did anything because my parents got there, and I remember them being there and you because I remember eventually, even before they started giving me antibiotics, eventually that military nurse came along. Yeah. And she started to get involved and she was like, right, 
his temperature skyrocketing. She was talking about ice baths. Yeah. To which I was like, fuck off. <laughs> I was ready. I, I was pulling out my fuck you deck out of my secret pocket. And then she was like, look, I'll get in uh, a couple of fans and uh, we'll, we'll undress him and stuff. And I begged, I remember for ages that I begged to keep my socks yeah, on. I, I think I had my underwear on and the, uh, the, the, the gown, gown on, wear. yeah. And I was like, please let me keep my socks on. Cause... Which they did for a little while. Yeah, but then eventually she was like, sorry, we've got to lose the socks. And I was just like, damn you! Yeah. Fuck you! And then my and first card went out the they window. They gave you the, the thinnest blanket they could find so you felt to make you feel yeah. like you'd had something. But you, it was like the thinnest blanket in the world. But the whole process that this is going on, my parents and you were there and stuff. And this was over the period of a couple of hours. So it was at least three hours in. And eventually my dad disappeared to make a phone call again mm. and that's when he then got hold of the oncologist and they who drank. then gone who then phoned him up and said look you've got this patient here his name's scott nash you need to sew him out right now yeah and then all of a sudden voila yeah they did doctor appeared and it's like right we're gonna pee on some antibiotics and stuff now and i and i was just like oh damn me i can have my clothes back <laughs> No. <laughs> and everyone else is like, oh, thank God, he's going to be saved. All I cared about was getting warm again. Yeah, you which, wanted to be warm. To be fair, it's one of those virus things, like, you know, I felt freezing and stuff, but, but in reality, fever, my you? temperature had gone through yeah. the roof. And but then it was like, thing. it was horrible because I was there when I, before your parents got there and I could see you not getting any better and yeah. you know we were there for a long time before anyone came along you i remember know, you just the, had the, like I a nurse the... come in and then not say anything to me and leave like as far as when it came to me they completely it was like i wasn't even yeah. there well i was like that my second surgery yeah which we'll get to in a second it was like oh it was like i wasn't even there and i'm i was like there completely stressed out because i can see they're not treating him they haven't done anything yes. and all i've got is this big this little card that says he has to be treated with an hour of admittance and i'm like this is like three not, hours he's, later yeah he's like, like he's not being treated yeah. i they, they warned me at the when he, the nurses when he first started chemo it warned me about his temperature saying how important it was that he'd get treatment as soon as it goes yeah. over like the 38 line that is and the uh, so the... I'm completely freaking out because I answer, I've, I've done my bit I've got him to A&E and I've put him in the trust of these doctors who hadn't even come over to look him over yet and I'm just like oh god I'm panicking you know, I do the only thing I can do, which is call his parents, which I always do when it comes to him and people aren't listening to me. Because people, at the time, people take... Oh, they'll, they'll listen me. to my mum. Oh, yeah. Let yeah. alone my dad. But All they have to do is have my mum walk in and they're like, holy shit, oh, we do what you want. Yeah, because I'm, you know, I'm. they look at me and think... I don't know what they think, whether we are together or not, but they look at me and they just see they this young girl. They think that you're my daughter. Uh, they just see this young girl and... That's all they see. Where I'm like, I'm like, I'm his other half, you know. We're, we're girlfriend at yeah. the time. We're girlfriend boyfriend, but we are much as part of each other's life as husband yeah. and wives are, you know. It's, oh, yeah, yeah. So that's it was the like, thing. I like, I mean, there's not that much of an age difference, but I do look considerably older than you because you have baby face, baby yeah. face, baby hands and stuff, and I've got man man's face and yeah. man but, man's oh yeah that panic but it was good when you i felt better when your parents arrived and then when the doctors yeah. had they were like oh they came in and were like oh your consultant has just but I, was, I was like yeah i was quite but, but it does that accusing tone of why is yeah. your consultant among us you know you've done fuck all yeah, your mum she had your mum had this little notepad that she had in her bag because she obviously just picked up her bag 
and come over and she had she took out this little notepad and she started writing loads of notes down. Yeah. I don't know if she still got it actually. Oh yeah, because she because she was not happy. No, she was not she was impressed. Not, yeah. She was probably gonna. She was what, giving them. What do you think she would have said to them? Pardon? What do you think she would have said to them? Fuck off. No, she should have been like, fucking do something and do it now. She was giving them the looks. She didn't have to say anything. If she had them. two words to say to them, what do you think they would have been? What, what now or then? I, both. Well, then she would have been like, do something. Now okay. she'd be like, fuck off. No, not fuck you. Oh, well, she'd probably be fuck you too. Yeah, then yeah. she'd be like, fuck you. No, she'd probably give them the black fist of justice, to be honest. No, it's black fisted justice. (laughs) Sorry, black fisted justice. There's a difference. Sorry, sorry. Black fist of justice is like Batman waiting to like, you know, he's got your number. Yeah. It's almost up. Black fisted justice is something completely different. Yeah. So they, um... Right, so, yeah, so that was the, that was the first... Right, that, just quickly, before we have uh, another quick break... So yeah, that once... was the first time for me that I actually not embraced, but going into that situation and kind of being well, I guess. I mean, if you guys say that, I I seem kind of, I my, for my interpretation, I was kind of with it, and I was aware of my surroundings, where I was, who was there, and whatnot. And oh I yeah, was, you're conscious. I was making and... comical jokes left, right, and centre about the situation. <laughs> yeah, you were. And but... my only problem was that I was fucking cold. You were freezing. Yeah, but all you wanted at the same to time, warm. mentally, I was kind of preparing myself because I was just like, you know what, I, I, I at some point I actually thought that that was going to be it. That I was gonna because I was like, this has been too long, and I felt really, really well, bad. You're... But I wasn't showing it. I it know wasn't just when your... she and I felt like betrayed when she hooked me up to the the monitors. I was just like, "Damn you, bitch!" Because I was like, I was ready to just like do a dramatic like you know oh, I feel sleepy, and just drift oh, off. But no, she because the moment there was any kind of spike in my like monitor thing, like if there was a bowel movement, it <laughs> spiked my heart monitor because every little thing reacted to my heart. So the moment something like that happened, it, like just one little bit would move a centimetre in my intestine, my heart would go boom, boom. And you'd be like, honey, are you okay? And I'd be like, whoa, <laughs> hey. And I'd wake up and I'd be like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> so I like, mean, just let me rest in peace already. Yeah, because they weren't worried, they weren't just worried about your temperature at the time, they were worried about your blood pressure as well. Eventually, yeah. That, that, that nurse chick, she would not let me move, as no. I recall, because there was some Chinese guy Trying to get Asian you guy. Yeah, trying to like, take you somewhere to a um, X-ray yeah. or somewhere. Like, oh, I got X-ray you. And she was just like, like no. fuck off. <laughs> she was like, no, he's yeah. not going anywhere. Because she was afraid that if she moved me, that I would have died because my blood pressure was that low. But she would have thought if at the very least they weren't going to give me antibiotics and stuff, oh, uh, this kid's on chemotherapy and whatnot, let's uh, let's hook him up to some devices and see uh, see what his condition is. Because well, the moment they hooked me up, they probably would have looked at that and gone... Uh, shit, he needs some drugs or something. Yeah. But they didn't for a long time. But the moment, to be fair, the moment they picked up on it and uh, the nurse, she'd already, she was already in like preparations of doing stuff. And But more so, I guess, when this phone call came through, she kicked ass. Mm. She would not like let anybody touch me except the doctor. Um, when did that... Um, hang on, let's, let's get a drink in and pee quickly because I want to... I need to go into the... Where and when was that doctor that stuck that fucking machete in my arm when you were on the phone? Well, um, 
That yes. was at some point. They were trying to draw blood from you. You remember this? Do you remember what it was? Yeah. When was it? Was that the second time I got admitted? That was no, that was this time we're talking about now. Yeah, your second time when you almost died when I carried you in. Holy shit. Yeah, they were trying to they draw blood. Like three different nurses come in. Two different nurses. There was three. I remember it being three. All right. Okay, three different nurses. Because at they... that point in time, they had to go through three before. Yeah. I mean, to get And then they got in. the doctor. And at this point, I think. Motherfucker. He was like, so I was fucking trying relentless. to tell. I don't think your parents were there. I think no, I was talking weren't. to your parents. So I was texting your parents because they were asking what was going on because they, they were on their way. I think because I'd been there for and so long and they were trying. They, it must have it, it taken them probably about 40, the better part of 40 minutes to well, get they blood. Be, and yeah. they tried and tried and tried. And because, like, at that point, the nurses would only try, like, two or three times before they would get someone else to do it. And because of all the uh, the chemotherapy, and for those of you that don't know, like we said, it's uh, almost on a daily basis. They're just sticking needles and poison in your arms and every vein that you've got in your arms and stuff, and it destroys all the veins and damages them and stuff, and it could take years to re- uh, repair itself. And so they couldn't draw any um, blood out of it. And then the one time this gets back to the doctor, he's uh, obviously like, right, oh, you, you imbeciles, I'll get the blood. Or, you know, I can imagine, because that's the kind of attitude that he walked into the room with. And unfortunately for me, when he walked into this room with this attitude, you had your back to us, like, on the phone, I guess, to my parents telling us what was happening or whatever. Or texting. I know you were on the phone, I remember specifically. And then he put my arm above my head uh, to, I guess, get like to get veins to come up somehow or whatever. And he stuck. And they had three different needles that they could stick in me. They had uh, the small kind, which I think they uh, do for like injections and stuff normally. Uh, which don't hurt too bad. You've got the medium kinds for if you need uh, blood taken or whatever, it's not normally too bad or whatever, and it's all good. And then they've got this big fucking, ma- you know, motherfucker needle, which uh, when they need the amount of blood they needed from me, which is ironic because I needed a blood transfusion after this, or a blood infusion. infusion. Um, they were like, right, we need this many blood samples. And then they took the biggest fucking needle possible, um, which was ironic considering I had no veins or anything to stab it into. But this guy was relentless. He just came in, stuck my arm behind my head uh, like a interrogator and just stuck this fucking needle into me. And I, oh, I've never, I've gone through you, some shit in my you life, shout, but you I, have never, in pain. I have never, I have never, and that's when yeah. I turned around and was just like, what I the fuck is going on here? I've never gone through so much pain in my life. I cried, Yeah. I cried out, and I screamed out, like, you know, fuck, I think. I was like, fuck! Yeah. You weren't, you weren't a happy bunny, and that's when I turned around and was just like, what the Absolute hell is going fucking on? fucking hurt. I, I've never been to that yeah, kind that, of pain that before. Yeah, I mean, we didn't see then, exactly, and then, we didn't and see then him all again he did that. was like pull the needle out after you got his samples and walk off. There was no thanks, no sorry about that, no okay, we'll be in touch, no nothing. Yeah. Just walked off with my, my blood, 
which he's probably using in some no, military experiment now. He, he just left it on the bed for the nurses to sort out. He left oh, everything he? he used on the bed. Son of a bitch. Oh, should have grabbed that and thrown it against the wall. I mean, and the it nurse that was looking after you, she was really nice. She was quiet. She didn't say anything. Oh, the military she, one. No, no. Oh, one for her. It, one, there was just like a little nurse that yeah. kept coming in and out. She was all, she was alright, but none of them were particularly friendly or no, or reassuring. We were just another number to them. Yeah, there was like. Was, it was, was late no at night. Care. It was late at night. It was A and E, and it was just like, oh, oh I think, just, yeah, oh, I think, you. And I think it was he'd obviously weekend. like, you know, seen these three nurses come up to him and be like, we can't get blood from this guy, and he's gone, oh, you incompetent fools. Yeah, I don't I'll know. do it. And he's literally just marked in, you know, marched in there with no care, just stabbed him with a needle to get the blood. To be fair, he got the job done, so I give him like a few points for effort and you know mission accomplished. But yeah. That aside, fuck me, I, uh, that that was probably one of the worst parts. Uh, Pain-wise, was probably one of the worst parts of the entire thing. Yeah, well, luckily for him, we, d- we didn't see him again after that. Oh, if I knew what he looked like, yeah, I'd probably thank I mean, him and shake his hand. To be fair, but still, I mean, the whole the whole thing wasn't wasn't fun at all. And then obviously, like the next day, they. would They'd moved you into um, isolation, uh, like uh, yeah, an isolation unit, yeah. uh, which wasn't really isolated. Well, it was because you had your own room, but they let me in without, you know, me having to wear any special clothing or. No, I, I was the one that made sure I'd washed my hands yeah, and my arms. Yeah, it, and... it was very. Um, I was on like a shit ton of antibiotics being dipped oh, yeah. into my system and pills and stuff, so it was secure enough to let. People going like this. Um, uh, every, not the first time, but the you. the second time, then uh, you and Lindsay came around and stuff. Yeah. Again, it was just kind of like a yeah, yeah, go through and, and see them and stuff because yeah. they knew I didn't have any visitors, or whatever. And with all the antibiotics they'd be giving me, there's nothing you could do. With it. You couldn't touch me. Yeah. And I, then they decided you know, to give you a blood infusion as well to try and boost your immune system. Yeah, two two whole packs, mm. which doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, I'm a at that point, I mean, okay, I'm almost, well, I'm half an inch away from six foot, so I guess that's average, or maybe kind of tall, depending on perspective. Sorry, Sean. Fuck you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, at that point, I'd lost a lot of weight. I'd gone down to, like, just over a little over seven stone at that point, I think. I remember, because you were in there, and then your chemo day came around. Oh, yeah, and then the the Asian doctor came along because it was my last day, was my very last day, which I wanted to do just to be like, I've done the whole cycle, I've finished yeah. it. But he came along and he, he said that I didn't need to... He was like, let's not worry about the last day. Or he's yeah. like, you know, oh, I'll not worry about the last day. Yeah, because it was like... It was only... Because they said, oh, you only need one day and it was only right. They said it was like four hours. That one somewhere. day, yeah. It was, well, it was the last day that it was yeah, only... I think it was about uh, it was two or three hours, and he was like, "It's not going to make much of a difference at this point." So, and he's like, "It's not worth." He's like that extra hassle. Yeah, everything with all the 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 shit of the last few days. He's like, "It's not going to change anything." Mm. So. But, and then you, then you were better, and then you can. Let's home. let's let's get a quick drink and and quickly refresh, and then carry on. So then there was the misdiagnosis. Well, it wasn't really diagnosed. It's more like they got ahead of themselves a little bit. Well, not really, because my oncologist was saying for a long time that the 
residue of cancer on my lymph nodes was about six, seven millimeters wide, big, whatever. Yeah. And he said the cutoff for surgery was five mil. So he said it's too close to that uh, limit to do anything about. Oh, yeah. To which we went along with for months. Yeah, we assumed they knew what they were talking about. Yeah, for months we went along with that. And then every single month I was going in there, CT scan, X-ray, consultation, every single month. And every single month I was expecting the whole, not necessarily like a whole, oh, you're clear type thing, but a, uh, you know, you're in remission. Yeah. Statement. And didn't get that for a long time. And every time it was like, oh, well... We're slightly worried about these nymph nodes, but, you know, they're six millimetres big or seven. And again, the cut was five. So, again, it kind of, uh, from my perspective, it sort of died down for a lot of people. And, it, you know, a lot of people, I guess, uh, not stopped worrying about it, but do you know what I mean? It became less of a... I think for everyone, yeah, for everyone to worry about and whatnot. And everyone kind of got on with their lives again and stuff, which was what I'd wanted from the get-go anyway. And I was, I remember I was working with Sean at the time and the only person for the first time throughout this whole experience, uh, the only person that was freaking out about it was me because I kept thinking to myself every, you know, it's been like uh, a year and a half now and I'm still not getting the all clear or at least a, hey, we're still going to keep an eye on you for the next five years, but you're in remission. There was still none of that. So there was still... It wasn't a year and a half long. It was. Well, not, not since you finished your treatment. Because you finished your treatment halfway through the month and at the end of the month, at the end of the year, halfway through the year you finished oh, your treatment and at the end of the year you got told that you needed surgery. I was going from like a year and a half since it all started. Oh, since it all started. Yeah. Yeah, but once you finished your chemo, it was only about six months right, um, from finishing No, 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 it was more than that because I finished my chemo at the very end of February and then I was called the following February. No, January. So it was like 11 months. Yeah. And then, and that's how it happened. I Because uh, all in this area where we live, down in the south, down, down in... Uh, the Shire, should we call it? Mm-hmm. It is Hampshire. Yes. See what I did there? Yeah, very clever. Thanks. Thanks, babe. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, everything, all the uh, scans and uh, blood tests and all that kind of shit, they uh, always go up to a, a secondary hospital up in London normally uh, for second opinions and comparisons and... Uh, research and for doctors to write articles about in their little magazines and stuff to get published and whatnot, uh, which is cool. I got nothing against that, uh, except for the fact that uh, I got one phone call randomly uh, at, at work one day from a hospital up in London saying they wanted a consultation, and I said, "Okay, sure, when?" And they said, uh, "Tomorrow." To which I was like. Fuck. And I told you about it. And you were like... Fuck. Yeah. And so I... And it was a bit uh, out of the blue, wasn't it? Was. It? it was. It was like... I was like, it's got to be relatively serious if they want to see me within like less than 24 hours notice. 
So I told my boss, he was down with that. He was ginger and cool and he was all kinds of like, yeah, man, whatever you got to do, you do it. And I was like, fuck yeah. So. And then I, I worked off work. Did you come with me? I did. Even oh, I my dad did as well, didn't he? Yeah, I think. I think yeah, the three of us went yeah, up there. Yeah, your dad did, yeah. My mum, unfortunately, was like working, I think. Because she would have been there. But yeah, I think, I'm I, think sure I said to my dad, I was like, you don't need to be there. And yeah, we took the train up. Yeah, the three of us went up there and I had a consultation and they did the whole usual bullshit thing of like, before you, you're pre-op, basically, you wait and... Um, uh, what else they do? Wait, height. Blood pressure. Blood pressure. That's always a killer for me because that's always up and down and all over the place. And... Uh, and then they said that they wanted to do, they explained to me they wanted to do a experimental procedure on me that had never been done in the UK before, but had been done three times in the US before and asked if I wanted to be involved. And I replied with, well, can you give me the specifics? Because, uh, you know, for the last 11 months or whatever, my oncologist has been saying that the cutoff point for surgery is too dangerous to which and bear in mind the cutoff risk uh, for surgery was five mils and my oncologist was saying that the nymph nodes in my body were six or seven mm-hmm. and these guys at the uh, the glorious royal marsden hospital said that they were 13 millimeters so they were like more than twice uh the uh the the measurements for um risk just, yeah yeah so straight away without doubt, I was like, let's do it and fuck it. Let's make history. Give me this robotic Robocop surgery that you're going to do and let's crack on. And that was pretty much it. They signed it on and I think it was in two weeks after that. And I don't yep. remember much after this because I remember, I remember going down like literally first thing we caught, we caught like a, a six o'clock train or it something was, yeah, it was a very in the morning. Train. My dad wanted to catch one at like five o'clock or something. And I was like, what the fuck? Why? Because he was like, yeah, oh, traffic in to... London. I was like, what, traffic on trains? <laughs> and he was I... like, well, yeah. No, it was like... I was a... like, okay, Dad, you no, don't know London. Wait, we had to... No, the day of your surgery... He yeah. wanted to catch a, a 5 something train. And we looked at it and we were like, wait a minute, we can catch... We had to be o- there for 7 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, or was it nine? No, it was like it was something. Like, I think it was seven thirty or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, just before eight. So nobody was around. I remember that. Yeah, and much. we looked at it, and we could have caught like a five to six train. But he, I think he wanted to leave at something like one of the very first trains was like yeah, a which 5 was like five yeah. to six train. But we decided to catch a five to six train because we'd get there. No, no, no. Before yeah, seven, yeah. and then catching the underground, we'd be there by like quarter past seven yeah. or five past seven or something stupid like yeah. that. Whereas he was always, my dad, bless him, is always one of those people who like plan ahead. Yeah. Plan for the just in case plan scenario. Plan to be there two hours before you. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was like I was like, well, well, it's bad enough as it is, you know. Yeah, it's going to be a long yeah. day as it is. We don't need to make it any longer. Of course. And and in the end, you, your mum had already said she wasn't going to go. Um, your dad was really um was aminaring about it, but then he decided not to go, and we just go. Me and they'd pick us up. Well, they'd be there after your surgery. Um, oh, yeah, because my dad... Oh, yeah, he just dropped us off at the station, he didn't he? Yeah, because yeah, I said station, to him, I was yeah. just like, look, we we're only going to go there and stuff. And I was like, don't worry about it. Because I was... The whole time, I was worried about cost. Because I knew 
Uh, not to sound cheap or anything, but to get to the Royal Marsden Hospital from Basingstoke and back was costing like what ninety quid a day. Yeah, so for, for yeah, for all of us, it yeah. wasn't cheap at all. No, but we no, I remember it was time. ninety pounds per person. Yeah. So for every time that you guys had to do a visit, or whatever, I was like, that's unnecessary money to spend. I was like, and for no reason, because I was like, I'm going to show up. They're going to do the uh, the surgery. And unbeknownst to me, because um, I don't remember like agreeing that all of you were going to be there when I came out of surgery, but all of you were. You'd all you'd stayed all day. Yeah, I'd stayed. You all were day. hardcore. I was. Yeah. You're like, I'm not moving. They let me go as far as I could with you, and that's I think pretty much until you went to op- off your operation. Yeah, even we, though they didn't tell me that, they let me come along, and then we went into lift. They said they were going to let you, they were going to yeah. keep you up to date with information. Yeah. They let they me go in the lift with you. We went we went down the lift, and then, and then, then the moment Robocop. we step up, stepped out the lift, the nurse turned around to me and was like, "This is as far as you can go." And it was like, "Oh," because I didn't really say anything to us when we first met up with them and that. And was, was I like, unconscious at this point? No, 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 no. You were standing up. You were fine. Oh, was it I? was like, yeah, we literally met the nurse, and she was like, "All right, I'm going to take you down now." And I we went with okay. her. I followed. We went down a lift, and the moment we stepped out the lift, she was like, right, this is as far as you can go. And I was like, oh, okay. So right on. it was a quick, like, awkward kiss, good luck, goodbye. <laughs> See ya, babe. Yeah. And then <laughs> we went, and then that was it. I was on my own. You were on your own. and Wow. Yeah, I went to the... At first, I went to the... Well, even the cafeteria wasn't really open. <laughs> the the morgue. That's the first I place you went to. I just wandered around the Royal Marsden. I was like... I spent a good few hours in the... I, went, I couldn't leave this, the hospital. I didn't want to leave the hospital. Because I told the nurse, I'd like, if you need me, I'm going to probably either be in the waiting room. Did she have your number? No. She okay. shouldn't have my phone number. She didn't, she didn't even ask me. I didn't even think about it. I said, I'm either going to be in the waiting room, which is where we'd met her, or I'll be in the cafeteria, which was literally only a floor down. Or it might have even been on the same floor. It wasn't far the cafeteria from where the waiting room was. I remember that much. And she was like, okay, no problem. I will come and find you if I get any information. Yeah. Did she? No. Did she fuck? <laughs> no, I was literally on my own. Um, they told me your surgery would only take four hours and they'd come out when they tell when they when the surgery was over. And how long was I in there for? Uh, all day. Give them some like, by the time you, by the time we, I was in there for over eight hours. Yeah, by the time we actually got to see you, and we were really lucky that we got to see you. Cause I was mom, fucked. Yeah, your mum and dad came up. And I had tubes sticking out of me, left, right, centre. Yeah, your mum and dad came up, and do you remember the scene there? Yeah. What was that like? Well, Did that scare on, you a little on, bit? Hang on, let me finish. Okay. Like your mum and dad come with us. We managed to see the nurse, and I'd kind of waved at her. I was just to say hello. And then she came over and she was like, are you guys still here? And it's like she's completely forgotten about us. She's probably seen like a uh, hundred people like that. Yeah, and I was just so. like, oh yeah, I haven't heard anything. I haven't seen him. And she was like, oh, well, he's out of surgery and he's okay. And I was like, oh, well, you know, this was like 8 p.m. I was like, thank God for that. And she was like, I'll try, I'll ring now and find out where he's gone. Um, and they were talking about you being on ICU. But when we actually finally get to see you. Is they, that where I was? I they were talking you. about taking you to ICU. I've never been in the intensive care unit before. Yeah, they were before. talking about sending you there and you were going to stay there overnight. <laughs> Which I did. Um, and I, then well, that was it. I, and I kind of overnight, very early hours in the morning, I was yeah. kind of cleaned, 
top to bottom by an Asian woman and then transferred to a different part of the hospital. Yeah, but... It was kind of creepy, but... They originally <laughs> said, though, that we could um, see when she'd been moved. And I was like, okay. And then, and then they were like, oh, you can't see him until tomorrow. And I was like, but I've been here all day. I was like, I've been here literally waiting to see him. I've not heard... I'm not, no one's come to speak to me. That's Nobody's right. told me anything. I need to see him, you know... He's, he's just gone through this major surgery. I need to make sure with my own eyes he's okay. I uh, know. My was it you that didn't like it, or was it my mum that didn't like it? Your mum, because your mum went with me. Your dad stayed behind. Oh, I was because I literally I beg and plead, and they were I like, think I think my mum. I think that was worse, not just because I was high high as a. Well, they, I don't even say like high as a kite, but I room think where yeah. nobody's allowed to go apart from doctors and nurses. Yeah. And I think it's just like, because I was probably on my side and I had. No, Pot, no, no, um, you, you, were, you were just, you were lying I remember on my bed, back, but I had like tubes up. and stuff yeah, in all of my stomach. Yeah, yeah, and just tubes being out completely stomach, out of it, where I was just like, pliers, fucking hell, it's Lewis Armstrong. Yeah, <laughs> your head was rolling side to side like that, and uh, hey. uh, there's a nurse with you, there's a nurse with, there was like three or four patients there, um, but yeah, you were like, you didn't really have a clue. You, you knew who we I were, remember that, I'm Yeah, I remember seeing you, you guys. I mean, you we were the were. first person I remember seeing. And I was just like, I remember my head. I was like, hey! Yeah. And I kind of focused on you, but your perception of me is probably like going, hey! Yeah, you were. Your head was rolling <laughs> and you didn't look like, you know, you were like, look at me like I was being weird. But, you yeah. know, it was just you, but you were, well, you were like, yeah. But I recognised you. Yeah, and, you then, were... and then you started crying. Yeah. And, and I looked bit... at my mum who was almost crying as well and I was just like, hey! And I was trying to be like... You friendly were, you and were. like hey, and, like, hey, like hey hey what's going on good. i'm okay but you guys were just like an emotional wreck and i was just we like were. oh it's all gone terribly wrong because i hadn't even warned us it's a bad they were they hadn't not only had we not seen anything about you and i had to beg to see you in the recovery room they didn't even tell us what you'd be like she they said oh he'll have tubes and stuff coming out of him and I was like I was thinking you know like IV tubes and yeah. wires and I was thinking oh, little did you know that'd come out looking like Robocop <laughs> so like you were high as a kite which they didn't tell us about um, <laughs> pretty much and which I was for like four days you had like a pipe coming out of your stomach it and did. it was just like what on earth has happened to you yeah. and the nurse was trying to feed you apple juice because apparently apple juice was good for you at this point in time I don't know how Whereas I threw up the first batch, but after that it went down quite nicely. Yeah, and then um, we only stayed. We literally it's stayed about apple five juice is minutes. soothing for the soul. Yeah, we stayed about five minutes, and then we left, and we we, we went home. But me and your mum were looking at each other, going, "Are you okay?" Your mum's like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, oh, "I'm fine. Are you okay?" And your mum's like, "I'm I'm okay. He's okay." <laughs> your dad's just like, "Is he alright?" Alright. <laughs> 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 um, so we left. We went back to the tube, and we take the tube home, and then we get the train. I remember home. texting at some point. Think, random shit left right center, especially on Twitter. Oh yeah, you were <laughs> oh just like because you asked. I do remember you asking me for your phone, and it was on the bed, and I put it in your hand. Yeah, I had to have that before because you were going that. That was the night before I went down to the basement where the Chinese lady cleaned me up and yeah. robbed me in places and oh, I think like, yeah I think originally I had your phone because people kept texting your phone yeah they did because I, yeah. was like, I wasn't allowed to take it obviously into operation really. yeah and I was like it's Stacey Scott is in surgery you know he can't yeah. text you I was like people texting go hey Scott how you doing I'm thinking of you today and I'm just like people everyone who knows this knows he's in surgery today I was just like what are you doing but um 
Yeah, actually, I just, surprisingly, I just didn't really hear from, apart from your parents and my mum, I didn't really hear much from anybody on my phone. It was all on your phone. I was just yeah. like, what? Um, I think that's because you didn't have the iPhone at that point, I don't think. So I don't, I don't know what I had. It was all, time, all yeah. like the Facebook feedback and messages and stuff were coming obviously through to my phone because yeah. they didn't. I can't remember what I had. I knew I, I had a Not book. enough people like thought to. Yeah. Think, oh, well, he's going to that. Well, who can I get hold of? You. I had some change. I had. I think I only had like one cup of tea while I wasn't there. Um, I know you were waiting for a good eight hours. Before. I mean, I was yeah. in surgery for just, well, over eight hours. And I was literally. Because my parents from, didn't show up till later on in the yeah, day. Yeah, from, from about quarter to eight, which is when I last saw you, until about half seven at night when your parents showed up, I think. Let's get to the good bits of, uh, like, yeah, the, the next. Because I think after that, the next day. From that day, for at least three days, you came down and saw Because oh, yeah. they, they'd suspected with this new experimental surgery that... Because they were like, normally it takes um, like six, six weeks, weeks to yeah. recover. They are like, with this, it could take as little as two. <laughs> and they were like, but you might be out of the, the hospital within 24 hours. Now, I was there for three days. Yeah. Which is to be expected, seeing as I pioneered this surgical procedure and, yeah, yeah. and the base model to which they... They lowered the bar too. <laughs> yeah. I'm the bar to be compared to on all future surgeries that they've no doubt already had. It, it, but um, yeah, I was there for three days. You came and saw me for like three straight days. Three That's days, what I look forward yeah. to. Despite the fact that I was high as a kite and I entertained and amused myself with trying to message people, which I didn't even know was entertaining time. I was just trying to message. I was trying to be, well, from my perspective, I was being just like I'd normally send a text message. I'd be like, hey, how you doing? But in reality, it was like, you know, hey, foxy mama chick. Yeah. You know, <laughs> how's, you, how's it going, you bangy booty? Yeah, you were <laughs> And funny. shit like that. And Yeah, I think the first day you were, you were on morphine. I think oh, day yeah. two and day three, shit. you weren't too bad. I think, oh, that was the after effects of the anaesthetic you, yeah. and stuff. But um, that, that, was, that was the most sickening part of it. The worst thing is because the, the, they keep you in the urology area was the smell <sighs> it was yeah. disgusting once you were there after a while you couldn't smell it but when you first walked in there it was gross because it was obviously urology so people with bowel problems and all sorts I but can exactly tell. once you got to your area where you were in the bed it wasn't too bad I was by the exit <laughs> yeah it, was, it wasn't too bad in your area but yeah, yeah you had um, yeah by day three they were like I think it's day three you or early morning day four, they were like, "You can go home." Hmm. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it was day four because well, I was. I remember. I'd been walking around, going to the toilet and stuff. Although I'd these. been like holding my stitches together and stuff, and they'd not burst or split or anything. So I think I made a good eff- effort on their behalf. I think because we, I think we waited for your dad to show up. Because I told your parents you were coming well, on the last home. Day. Yeah. Yeah. And then they were like, right. Your dad came, or your dad, I think it was just your dad. I don't remember the last, I don't remember the last day when... Trying to get you back on the tube when, was funny as hell. Well, I remember when we when he first showed up, he wanted to, because my mum's distinct orders were to get me a taxi... To Waterloo. ...from the hospital to Waterloo, to which I was dead against, because I was like, no, look, walking around will be good for me to get my most yeah, skills back in action and whatnot. Yeah, I was like, and it was quite 
earliest in the morning that it wasn't like well it was after rush hour yeah it was after it was, so it's, I was like, it's, it's a quiet moment of time and I was like I'm not because at that point we'd been everyone had spent so much money on like coming to see me and stuff and I was like I'm not doing it it's like I will it'll be good for me to get some fresh air mm. <laughs> fresh air in London yeah but to get out and walking about using my motor skills and stuff getting it all back together again after all the drugs and stuff so I was like so I, I committed. I was like, "No, I'm get me on the tube to Waterloo," because it was only like what three trains or something like that. Yeah, it wasn't that many. It oh, was, it was yeah. like a couple of trains, but it was only like a couple of stops each yeah. or something. Yeah. So I was like, "Look, let's just do that." And my dad and I, because I remember saying to my dad, "It's like, look," and well, no disrespect to it, but I remember saying to him, "It's like, look, fuck what Mum said." <laughs> but I was like, "I want to do this. I want to get." some air out of the hospital and I want to move around and stuff. I don't want to sit down and taxi I think we were the slowest and... moving people in London on that day. Yeah. Because oh you God, thought I was, you were walking really bless, fast. Bless my dad. Every yeah. fucking second, every step, he was like, you're okay. Take your time. Yeah. It's okay. Don't rush. Take your time. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> After a while, it did get a little bit annoying, but I was just like, Every time it got a little bit annoying, I just thought to myself, "Man, I love my fucking dad because yeah. he's so he was, he was he was clearing he was, away on the escalators. Yeah, he was, he was so like, committed. He was like, I I've never seen him like that, and I was like, "Man, I love you so much." Yeah. And he uh, he was like, he was making sure the way was clear. Yeah, and the, the doors on the train, he was like, yeah. "I'm in there and slamming yeah. the door back, <laughs> making yeah, sure like they the, wouldn't shut yeah, forward." It was like, getting, shuffling him on, shuffling him on. Getting you on the tube is a bit worrying yeah. because you have to be so quick. But luckily, like no more. Yeah, so we had a couple of empty carriages. Yeah, and and then he kept on like there was. I remember there was a couple of uh, carriages that he was like, "Yo, sit down." And I was like. And now I'm quite be standing because I was like, by the time I sit down, I'll have to get up again to get <laughs> off the train. So I was like, I keep standing. It's like I was not committed to sitting down until I got onto the train to Basingstoke. Yeah, and we were pretty and lucky. We did really was, well, I think. It was. It was. Um, so, it just arrived when we got there, so you weren't yeah. waiting around at Waterloo at all. I think. Like, I think that moving around really did help because the worst parts of all of it was after when I did eventually get back home, the three or four nights that I spent sleeping there yeah all of that was not too fine but getting up in the morning i couldn't do it i couldn't sit up and to get out of bed i had to kind of crouch my legs up and sort of roll out of bed and fall down to the floor and then i was able to stand up from that position because otherwise trying to stand up or sit up was just tearing all my stitches so I can't remember how long you stayed at your parents for. Was I was there for about a week. Yeah, a week. Just under a week, I think. Because you carried on like going back to work I and had, Yeah, I had to go back to work. So I was like, you know what, I'll just chill out here. My mum will look after me, <laughs> guaranteed. Yeah, she did. And she did, yeah. Without, uh, Of course spoiled. she did. She got, always does. Yeah, you got completely spoiled that, while you yeah. were there. I mean, yeah, that's... My mum and dad are never... They've, they've... It's like... For me personally, my proudest moment of them is mm. like my mum, not just them, but like my mum always having looked after me. My dad, uh, just kind of like just helping me through all of that. I, I've, I know I've gone through some shit like honestly, as a kid and stuff that I don't particularly remember and whatnot, but I remember kept, this stuff and that. And he was, fights. he was, yeah, he was there for me every step of the way through mm. the very beginning, the surgery. Um, I mean, obviously you all were, but my dad. 
specifically my dad to the surgery, the chemotherapy, the, the time that he managed to take out of work from, yeah. for that, the surgery, helping me along. I mean, hell, even when we got back to my folks' place, I normally I would have been quite embarrassed about it. But at this point, having dropped my pants for nurses, doctors, and specialists left, right, and center, uh, I, I still would have been embarrassed doing it in front of my parents. But I remember that first day I got back, and I was just like, I just I want to take a shower. And I was like, well, do you want to have a bath? And I was like, no, I want to have a shower. So I managed to get into the shower, but I had trouble getting out. But, you know, my dad came along and helped me out. Yeah. So, again, a bit of strange. A lot of people be like, oh, that's gay or whatever. But I was like, it was, it was son-dad yeah, bonding yeah. and... Uh, it just even the simplest thing of like him helping me onto a train or helping me out of the shower and stuff. Fucking props, man. Yeah. If I had a son, which, you know, I don't, I would not hesitate to do the same thing. As like, oh, fuck yeah. what everyone else says. As like that, he he stepped up to the plate. Everyone in my family stepped up to the plate. So. Yeah, yeah, you mum. Yeah. Oh, well, your mum was awesome because she made sure I was fed. Yes. Every time your dad, <laughs> yeah. every time your I think dad he had my share as well. It's like, well, Scott's not going to have this. Yeah. You know, love it. Every time your dad came over to get us for chemo, once a week, I'd get a food package delivery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that all the, all the lasagna and yeah, the, uh, the curries the, and stuff? Like lasagna to put in the fridge that lasts for days, curries, tins of food. And I don't really remember ever going food shopping unless you wanted something like jelly. Yeah, the big jelly fetish. Yeah. Um, cocoa pops. Sadly, it's been one of the uh, sort of the side effects since then is the food taste is on and off. It's one day I can eat one thing, the next day I can eat the same thing but throw it up. Um, certain things I've been put off for a long while. Pastry. Yeah, you don't like pastry. a big no no. You can spell it now though without wanting to be sick. Yeah, I'm still recovering from bruises that happened two years ago. Or yeah. more. No, they're not as bad as they used to be, though. No, but they're still there. Yeah. Um, my scars still hurt. <laughs> I feel that's more psychological than anything. No, no. no it's the not. phantom pain, I reckon. <laughs> phantom pain. Yeah. No, they they still hurt on occasion. Um. Uh, what else? My stomach. Yeah, I've mentioned that. Already. Yeah, but you've always been a weird eater anyway. Yeah, but it's only been since You always this, say uh, that if you didn't have to eat to survive, you wouldn't. Oh, fuck it. No, if you didn't have to eat, no, I wouldn't. On occasion, special occasion, pizza or something, someone's birthday, pizza, wee. After that, I don't need to eat, won't. Uh, veins, my veins are fucked. I feel that I have to explain every time I get a blood test or something from a nurse, I have to explain <laughs> that I'm not a junkie, that I'm just, it's chemotherapy, that's why you can't like find any veins in my arms. Which I kind of imagine they probably know this, seeing as I don't have the... Uh, well, you, you only see it yeah, on TV shows and stuff. Yeah, track marks. And I, I don't know if that's a real like common thing that that's blatantly easily to tell or whatever. I don't know. Um, so, But I always feel like I have to explain it. I'm just Because they're like, yeah, right, which arm is best? And I'm like, well, they're both fucked. And when you open up that line, you have to kind of reinforce it with something. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, they're both fucked. And I'm like, because of chemotherapy. So... I was like, they quite often say this arm, but then they fail and try the right arm. And I'm like, it's, it depends on the day. So it's, yeah, it's shit. But what can you do? So that's where we're at at the moment. And, um, well, I suppose more, more recently there's been... Well, then they said after you said you and stuff, they, um, they were like a couple of 
I think it was a couple of months after that, they were like, right, you're good, now you're in remission. Yeah. And then it's been fine since then. We had a, we had a bit of a scare a few months ago with your blood levels, but that all turned out to be all right. And oh, now you potentially no... could be poorly again or not poorly again. It all depends. Yeah. But, yeah, it's... Um... Just because I've not shit for 10 days <laughs> and uh, I've vomited blood. Yeah. So now everyone's freaking out and I'm like, well, hang on. But now you'll be all right. Yeah. But yeah, it was an, it was an experience. I think everyone was just like not one... It, it was That's a, the thing. It I, was kinda, I kind of embraced of who it. who your friends were and who weren't as well. You had a lot of people was, that yeah. you'd least expect in a million years that were there for you and then the people you would thought would have been mm. there for you right. weren't. And you're yeah. like, oh, okay. I remember one memory is um, I'd been at work um, and I was, at this point it was it was a bit of a strain because um, work was getting busy, um, you know, coming home to clean the house every day. Oh, I was probably coming out to Christmas um, at this point. I think so. I know you were still sick, but I'd come home. Adam was playing a game with you in the living room. That and a game. That would yeah. have been FIFA. Or, or something. EA and Sports. Sarah had cleaned the kitchen for me. Oh, bless her, yeah. And washing up that. had been done, yeah. yeah. Everything had been cleaned, everything had been bleached in the kitchen or, or whatever she'd done. I just remember the kitchen being tidy and clean. Absolutely, yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, all I have to do is make myself a cup of tea and sit down, yay. <laughs> I think I obviously cleaned the bathroom later on that night and stuff, as I usually did, but it was just so nice to have that one day where I didn't have to completely clean the kitchen. Or yeah. I think she'd even tidied up in the living room as well, um, because that was quite tidy. Or you just not done anything, but anything that needed sorting had been done. Sounds, I, I mean, the like, thing is, most of the times I didn't, anything like all i do is i move from laying down into uh from the bedroom to lying down on the couch in the front room and i'd have one drink with me that's it yeah so there was never any it's not like there was like uh breakfast lunch and dinner to clear up when you came in from work because i never ate anything either it's like the weird things you never really think to clean that you have to remind yourself to clean every day like door handles because yeah. door handles are such... It's, it's going to sound really OCD, but door handles are such a high for bacteria because... Well, I mentioned you earlier on, like, yeah, because you keep, like, uh, not to be down anything, but, like, about the bins. You're like, oh, you're going to put the bins down. And I'm just like, well... And I'm on my way to work. I'm like, well, I can. Oh, yeah, only but I then I've got to come back in time. and clean my hands and stuff. Yeah, and only go, I really and I'm already running it. late and stuff. Yeah. So I'm just like... I'm not going to just, like, throw in a bin in it. And the bin is gross and stuff. Yeah, I don't, yeah but that's because I just didn't think about it at the time. Yeah. Like, I just wanted the bin to be put out and you were on your way out. But I, just, I was like, oh, yeah, you're not coming back But in. a lot of people just don't care. They're just like, no. uh, they're open the top, throw the bin inside, and then get in their car, go to work and stuff and not bother. And, but it's just like, it's a bin for a, it's, it's a bin that's in contact with all the you local the rubbish of your own house and then when it goes yeah in the gloves and then when it goes into the actual bin truck itself yeah on the it's handles touching and all the bin garbage germs it's one of the things the bins never get cleaned in many years <laughs> I mean some people do clean their bin my mum was one of these people that will clean her bin yeah. at least once a month I think Nicola's got something to say but other than that I mean uh, what was I saying yeah door handles had to be cleaned um Nicola, what do you think? (laughs) (coughs) That's enough from you there, Nicola. 
handles on... Um, oh, don't make me cry. No, not handles for Doctor Who, just handles in general on things. Oh, yeah, the handles chairs, and stuff. Yeah. Chairs, when people sat on chairs, obviously I had to clean chairs, the sofa. Anything you can touch, basically. Anything, yeah, anything that was touched by another human being, especially if Adam came round. If I knew Adam had been in the house, I'd have to clean the table and the chairs that he'd been sat on in case you sat on them. Um, Why are you singling him out? Because he was the only one that was round all the time. Daily. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, yeah, if yeah. I knew Adam had been in that day. Not that he was daily all... or anything. No, it's, it's just because. Yeah, you have I just to want to make. Because so it's like the way you said that. It was like, oh, especially if Adam's come around. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it was just because if I knew someone had been in the house. No, he was the only person that was there like every single day. But, yeah. Which I loved because. I mean, obviously, it did like slightly lessen towards the end when I was like slipping a lot, but. For the first couple of months, it was like every single day without fail, come around and play FIFA. I imagine he probably let me win a few games because of my condition, but yeah. I'll give him a run for his money now. FIFA 14, I'll give him a match. Yeah, but, um, what yeah it, does, it does put everything into perspective when it happens, you, though, isn't it? You think you never have to clean, you don't really think about cleaning and yeah. get cleans. And I still have some of those habits with me now, like... I clean the the banister for the, going up the stairs, and you just think. Normally, I wouldn't really think about cleaning that beforehand because a lot of people think they're really clean people, but then they don't think about. Yeah. Um, one thing I got from living with your parents was putting not putting carrier bags on the kitchen counter. Yeah. Because I never thought about that in a million years, but you're you're right. If you put your carrier bags on the floor in the shopping center, then you put them in the floor in your. Boot or, or car, or then trolley first, where, where everybody people, puts all their shopping. Yeah, and if you put shit. them on, you know, I had to think about putting the bag at the bottom of my feet, where my feet are, you know, and then the bag would then go on the counter. And even though I do clean the counter, but it's like so. But many, you don't. But you might put it on the counter and put stuff away. But then when you get rid of the bag, you don't then wipe down the counter. No, normally, that's no, people just kind of like, like forget about it's it. Surface but, contact, isn't it? Yeah. It's like you don't really think about how surface contact. So I think and a lot of people generally don't until certainly uh, someone's not, been through this sort of scenario. Yeah, it's not enough so. to make you sick or, or anything like that. It's just one of these things you think, oh, actually, I should really clean that every time I do this because otherwise that is just a bit gross. Yeah. You know, but yeah, so some things have kept kept with me clean, especially cleaning like door handles and bandages. They all get down, wiped down, you know, quite often now. Yeah. Um, when I'm potting around when you're sleeping and stuff, and hmm. it's, it's you know, in a way, it was not, it was a good ex- life experience where I think we all learnt a lot about ourselves and each other. And well, like you said, I mean, I um, I've uh, I've certainly seen, I mean, I I've seen a, a greater side of it where I've, the, despite the fact that I could sometimes come across still quite bitter and old and whatnot which i kind of am because my body's because of all of this is kind of broken in yeah, various totally ways ready to regenerate into a new body aren't yeah you? and uh so yeah i still have some like physical issues but you know i can kind of get around okay and whatnot and um as far as the friend side of it goes yeah i mean that was in hindsight I, I was a big defender. I was like, oh, things happen, you know, friends forever type thing and didn't want to let go of any of them and I didn't want to acknowledge the fact that sometimes friends just move on or they just disappear or whatever. But I was like, you know what? 
now I'm okay with it. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. it does happen. And, you know, some of them, fuck them and whatnot. But it's like, you know, some people, I uh, when I first found out about it, I met up with them. And I was like, shit, because there was that side of me that it did scare me. I was like, shit, you know, cancer. It's, it's been made official. I was like, I don't know what happens after this. And met up with a couple of people and went out, we had a drink and we talked about it. And after that, I never heard from them again. Yeah. I never got any kind of like, uh, I tried to text them being like, hey, how's it going, whatever. Nothing. And I never got a reply back being like, oh, hey, how you doing? Or, um what's the prognosis or uh, are you dead yet or nothing uh, so I was just kind of like okay fair enough and out of the blue on occasion I get uh, an occasional message from like one of their partners being like oh so and so has happened to this person you know you might want to get hold of them and I'm like why yeah. and they say oh, because this happened to them I'm like okay well this happened to me and it was an ongoing thing and it was very touch and go in certain places but they didn't seem to care or have any interest whatsoever there and then so why? Yeah. And they didn't quite get it and me being the bigger person I did get involved and I was just like okay you know what they're going through a tough time and stuff I'm not going to pull any kind of cards and you know bitch them or whatever I'm just going to be there for them and so I was for a little bit and then when they were okay, it, everything kind of like got forgotten again. And I was like, oh, not like I'm trying to milk off this like situation or whatever, but you would have thought that if somebody cared, they would at least be like, how are you doing? Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, another good experience was um, then how actually difficult it is being unwell or being the partner of someone who's unwell and they're the worst person they're the worst person that suffers from all of it well, because not, not you that, are what? no there is because you're the unsung hero because you're the one that everybody puts the focus on the one person that's ill and nobody puts the focus on the one person that consistently 24 7 is the one person trying to hold it all together not just working a job 24 7 but like two jobs like i in like your actual job where you get paid to do and then you're a job at home where you're trying to like clean everything all the time and make sure that the place is a safe environment and everything and and nobody talks to that person or gives you yeah the medication and stuff nobody praises or talks to that person in that kind of way or whatever it's all the focus is on the douchebag that's ill yeah but no that that wasn't my point it was like okay um, sorry (laughs) thanks anyway i apologize to all the douchebags out there but my point was that being the person that's unwell or being the, the the husband, the girlfriend, whatever, the person of the person who's unwell and having a job. I mean, we went through some shit with your job at the end oh, of yeah, your boss yeah. when your boss changed over. Discriminating uh, bastard. Yeah, that's he, a different story. We'll talk about that. Yeah, in, uh, well, I mean, don't part. even get in that now. That'll be, uh, be cancer part two but, where and then the we talk shit about how unsupportive my company was that I yeah, worked for. The shit that they gave me, but then actually my job as well, actually getting some sort of time off. Cause even though my big boss, the boss of my boss was like, 
anything you need, just let yeah, me know. Which all, was it was all, all hearsay, say. wasn't they it? They all say that because they have yeah. to seem supportive. But the moment you need any time off, but whatever, they're just like, oh, I used, put it this way. If you don't show up, you don't have a job on yeah. Monday. Yeah, I used my holiday pay to have that extra third day off for your chemo treatment. Yeah. It wasn't even that they'd stick it in as as a road to day off. It would be like, right, me going in, my Indian going, I need to stay off, and I need to stay off, and I need to stay off, and, and me yeah. giving them notice of the days off I needed. And then, yeah, dealing with that. And it wasn't even that, not that I should get any special treatment, I didn't get any special treatment, but they didn't think about, right, I'm going to make Stacey work the 2 till 10 shift, even though she has to be up at such and such in the morning to take mm. Scott to the hospital for chemotherapy. There's none of that consideration. And, but, and, just... and on a store level, though, there was only one person doing the rotors who should have taken yeah. that into consideration. Yeah. Could have taken that into consideration. Like I said, you don't need any special treatment, but it's you don't need... Fuck special treatment because it just it's common human it's decency just, yeah, that when it. someone's going through that situation, when you're doing, when you're the one in charge of the rotors and you're aware of that situation, oh, in charge of the shop, you you're like, oh, you know what? They've got to be up at six in the morning or whatever. I'm not going to make them work, you know, till 10 in the evening that night yeah. beforehand. Give them it's a day just, shift. You know, but they just didn't give a fucking, they didn't give a care. Yeah. And that was the problem. You, you, you do the best what, so you, know what, what? you can. So you know that your bosses and my bosses can have the fuck you card for yeah. this episode. Oh, well, the bosses at the time, yeah. Yeah. What can the, I have? The fuck you card. But, I mean, you, you, do, you do the best you can. I mean, as me, as the manager... Can I get know, that with a bit more anger? No. Come on. I was it? anger the... in my body. Come on. The fuck you card. Okay, I'll work with it. Yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, for me, as a, a manager, I have been... Staff have come to me and been like, I need to go home. I have a personal issue going on. Going on. And I've gone... I've taken one look at my right. I've gone, right, I can do this. Fine, you can go home. No, not a problem. But obviously, if these people start abusing that, then I'm like, actually, no, because you've been gone home like four times early this week. But, you know, shit happens. People have lives. Work is not... It takes up a majority of our... T- it takes 40 hours of our week... Of our, you know, 40 hours a week of our lives. But it's not the only thing humans have in their lives. People have no. family, they have friends, they have real, real well, I had this shit with, uh, going on. <clears throat> I had this with my so job, didn't I? Employees have to know. I know there's going to be a lot of people out there who, who've had cancer and their bosses have been the best bosses in the world and I wish we had I, that. You know what? Fair play to you. If, you, yeah, if, if you've, you've been that person that's had that boss. Oh my God, love them, hug them. and you know. Like my dad, who's but, had the boss that's let him have as much time as he did off to come and see me with his, uh, to have my chemo and stuff. He, you didn't know what? Have, he didn't have to do no. that at all. There needs, there, there should no, be, there should be, no there should be more yeah. people out there like because most people these days, modern age, they're um, they're too harsh because they've got pressure from their bosses, who've got pressure from their bosses, blah blah blah. It's all about money, and so it's like you know, if you're not here, you're not making money. And as simple as that. So they don't, they don't, and they don't give a shit. And they're like, they like to feel like, oh yeah, I'm sorry for your circumstances and stuff. And then the next week they're like, you know, but you're not performing. You're not doing your job or whatever. And it's like my my job uh, that I've got at the moment, which again, I'm not going to, sorry, go into, but um, within the first, I say I started January 2013 and by... 
just I think it was like May. Um, I got called in and they said that I'd because I had a couple of days off sick. Yeah. And like specifically, it happened conveniently like before us. Uh, like I had a week off holiday or a couple of days off holiday or something. Which was like, well, it happens, and uh, and but they they felt the need to actually sit me down and talk to me about it, and I was being talked to by two people who had no idea of my condition whatsoever. So, and it wasn't okay. It wasn't just like a, a couple. Of, it was like a, I think it was from like four days over the period of like two months or something. And I was like, look, working in the kind of place that I work at, there's obviously a lot of uh, bugs and stuff flying around or gonna fly around periodically i guess throughout the seasons or whatever and i was like someone like me who has no immune system uh, i'm still trying to build it up if i get ill it's probably going to hit me hard so i'm going to probably be going to be off for a couple of days and then one of them was like yeah well uh you know the policy is that you're expected to be in for like a 97 percent of your uh work period uh, throughout the year mm. so it was like three percent to be off sick and I was like, well, okay, so it's quite presumptuous of you, you know, like, hear me with this now, thinking that I'm going to continuously be off sick instead of maybe I might have, like, a good two years ahead of me where I'm not sick. Yeah. But they were like, well, we just got to, it's just procedure. And I was like, second of all, I was like, based on my condition, and they were like, your condition? I was like, yeah, the fact that I have barely, like, no immune system, so if I get sick, I'm going to get sick. And if I get sick, I'm going to have days off work. And they had no idea what I was talking about. And they had to ask me if, like, the people that I interviewed with and stuff when I worked, you know, when I uh, interviewed for the place, if they knew about this when I started. To which I said to them, well, why don't you go ask them then? If you don't know this, you shouldn't be having this conversation with me. And I was so offended because then this one chick said to me, is like, after I explained the situation that after having gone through a shitload of chemotherapy and cancer and stuff, um, my immune system being what it is and trying to rebuild itself that um, I'm just like trying to get by Yeah. and there's not many other people that would employ me because of this and she turned around to me and said well then maybe you need to reconsider if this is the right place for you to which I got really angry at now fortunately for her she because just about the time that I lodged a complaint, she'd left anyway, or she'd already put in a notice to leave. So I was like, whatever. But I'd, I've not come across um, a cunt like that since my ex, one of my ex-girlfriends. You actually wanted to go up and have words with her at um, Sharon and Flick's wedding. Yeah. Because uh, uh, she came up to me, she was like, Oh, no, I'm not going to do the impression, but she came up to me and she said, hi, Scott, how are you? And then I dismissively turned away and walked off and you saw this and quickly came up to me and you were like, oh, who was that? And I told you who it was and you said, oh, was that the bitch that said yeah. <laughs> whatever? Yeah. And I said, yeah, it was. And you wanted to go marching off and talk to her and, and stuff. And I knew it was not going to end well. It probably would have just been a... Uh, you know, a mouthing competition, but I was like, like, it's a wedding, it's not the place to do it. No. Do it when we bump into her in town or whatever. I will. And, um, and I so I was like, don't worry about know, it. But not, I was like, what a fucking I always, I always say, if you're, you should never say anything that you're not willing to write down on paper. Mm. 
Because you, then you know, if you're not willing to put it on paper, you know you shouldn't be saying that Absolutely. shit. Absolutely, and that's the golden rule. Yeah. If anybody, for anybody out there who may have like people coming down on them at work or whatever, if they're not writing it down, get them to write it down. Literally, whatever they've said to you, word for word, get them to write it down. And when they write it down, it's not word for word to what they said to you or what they threatened you with or whatever. Don't agree to anything. Get them, yeah, don't agree with it. Get them to rewrite it for exactly word for word for what they said and watch them backtrack. Yeah. And then, like, and and you'll you'll find that, okay, you might make a, a pretty quick enemy... But for a couple of days, you'll be clear. And then you go and then you phone HR and you complain and you say to them what this person said to you and you tell them that you've tried to get them to put that in writing and how they've quickly changed it, how you've tried to get... And so you've read it and said, oh, this is not what you you know what you know said. And then said that you've tried to get them to put what they specifically said. And you've reminded them what they said and they've tried to put it in writing, but they've refused to do so. And then see what HR does with it. Now, with most big companies, they'll back the manager or boss person that you're trying to get into shit, which is my general experience. But on that occasion, you never know. But it's like I've been through several companies where I've stood my ground and shit, and it's all not worked out in my favor. But I, uh, I'm really happy and proud of myself that I stood my ground. Yeah, because, you always stand your ground. Yeah, because I'm and the same like reason I'm trying to get out of where I'm at, at the moment. I refuse to work for a place that I do not respect and cannot respect. Um and I will not be I will not let treatment like that happen. So and I had that that's one of the reasons this when I got when the job that I worked at when I first got diagnosed with cancer, I had an issue with my boss and uh we called him up on it. Uh and and it wasn't he until, retracted a lot of yeah when stuff I started there. throwing words like discrimination around yeah and, and abuse and bullying and harassment that's when he started to backtrack very quickly yeah. but and this goes to show how likely they are because we had uh, proof because we had phone records of my boss not only just like trying to contact me of all things just to get hold of some keys. That was all it, but he um, obtained my fiance's or at the time my girlfriend's, mm, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we weren't engaged at the time. Yeah, but he got hold of your your phone, phone number off. via a co- via a colleague of mine, who should never have given it out because of data protection and all that. Yeah, and then he tried to contact you to get hold of me, uh, but then just like left you a voicemail to like see if he could arrange to pick up the keys. And then, uh, and then one step led to another. Him. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, and then... Because he'd apparently visited the flat, thought that I was in, accused you of lying when you said that I had not been in, that I'd been in the hospital, that I, and he was like, but he has been in, I've seen him, which he hadn't. And then you then hit him with the, the cancer card, you know, like... You know, basically, because oh, yeah. oh, you were like, I, because he was being such a dick about it, yes. and we'd literally, yeah, just, just found no, out. No, we seen it within 24 hours. Yeah. We'd been hit with the, you've got cancer, and so we'd been hit with that, and then you hit him with that, and he was the most unsympathetic person whatsoever. He was like, like he didn't even hear you. Mm. He was just like, you know, I'm just trying to get my keys, the keys back, yeah. which weren't even his keys. They were the company's keys. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I will name and shame him in the next podcast that we do this with. Mm. There might be a new segment that we do. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, 
That's yeah. That's the story. That's yeah. That's that. That is that. So, long story short, if uh, if you're going through something similar, or if you're about to, or have been, um, you can get in touch if you want to. Yeah, just don't, don't lose hope. No, yeah, don't embrace it. Own it. Yeah, is what Sean taught me throughout the whole thing. Is uh, own it, and I did. I looked forward to it, no matter how. Uh, I can't even imagine how like disgusting a lot of it was, and how much I did not want to go through a lot of it was. But every every step, I looked at that side of things, and which is probably why I'm so bitter now, and angry and old. But I was just like. This is really new. It's exciting. And I embraced it. I was like, chemotherapy, let's do it. I've seen it on TV, yeah. but I don't know what it is. Surgery, cool. Bang, let's go. CT scans, do it. Cool. And left, right, center, I was all up and on, on board with it. Yeah. And well, no it matter was... how ill it made me, I kept to that positivity because I knew, uh, not to get like e- egotistical again as I normally do, but I knew nobody would be able to be as positive about it as I was. Yeah. I was like, well, there were it, some days that you, you really, I had to of course force you to go to chemo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some days course. he was just like, I'm not going. I don't want to go. That's and I was I, like, like, you didn't are going. Have the energy and stuff. Yeah. But the actual like concept of doing it, I was just like, yeah, let's do it. Oh, yeah. A lot of people, if you've got that, yeah, that actually when you know you get diagnosed or whatever and they're like, okay, we're going to do chemotherapy and you're just like, oh, give oh, up. Oh, and every, every man is just they like, they hear, you know, they hear the words, oh, you got testicular cancer and they think their life is over. And it's like, it's not. It's like treatment from, for testicular cancer is amazing. I mean, I can't remember what the percentages are now, but it's just like, every, you know, it's got such a high rate of, well, not only survival, but treatment as well. Yeah. And for God's sake, if you end up with one ball, your life isn't over. Seriously, you know. And it's worth checking Unless yourself. Unless you're Hitler. Yeah. And don't, don't take no for an answer or I don't know. Because Scott, you know, it happened overnight with him. It's like one night he was mm. fine. Next day, his, you know, it was painful for him. And then it's suddenly... One night I took a shower, up. everything was yeah. fine. The following morning... One it's, of my balls was the size of a jacket potato and the cancer had spread a stupid amount. It got really it'd gone up, quickly. Well, it had gone up to my lymph nodes and to my spine. So, yeah. Which that might have been spreading over the course of time anyway, but my testicle itself, that literally happened overnight. Yeah, overnight. Um, it blew up. And if you notice one day, like, you know, you got a massive ball, first go see a GP and then if they, like, fob it off or whatever or, you know, get a second opinion... Whatever, go to any, yeah. do whatever you've got to do. If you if you can guarantee that it's not some sort of like... Because uh, mine got fobbed off for two months because they thought it was some sort of uh, sexually transmitted disease, to which I was quite annoyed with because I thought, well, I've not been sleeping around. Um, I was... You, okay, I guess you can never be sure, but I was pretty convinced that my girlfriend had not been sleeping around. And I'm pretty certain that I would... Have you? No. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, see, she hadn't. And I'm pretty certain I would have known or been... She's not like the sleeping around. Are you, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I, I was, the fact that it took them two months to finally yeah. go, oh, shit, it's cancer. They kept fobbing Just, off as, like, yeah. one thing or another, some STD type thing or STI as whatever they're called these days, or they're like, oh, or maybe it's just a normal infection. So it was antibiotics, Astra, antibiotics, and... Um, nothing was happening, and after two months, there was the second ultrasound, which is when 
the guy looked at him and, was, and uh, because and I'll say this uh, just to give it a heads up. The reason they missed it the first time round because <laughs> surprised I'm getting this personal on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, the first time round, um, the desk, normally when there's a uh, cancer involved or tumor involved, there's normally like a decisive lump that they detect. And they're like, okay, there's a lump need to do one of those, um, things where they dissect a little bit of it. A biopsy. Biopsy, or they just decide to take the lot or do surgery to remove it or whatever. But um, I missed. They missed mine because my in, one of my intestines, the entire thing was engulfed of the flames of hell, and uh, there was no definitive lump, which is why I got missed the first time round. But fortunately, the guy the second time round, he'd obviously seen enough of these spuds in ball sacks that he knew what it was, and straight away, within a few seconds, he was like, "Yep, that's a tumor." Mm. Uh, and I was like, what? And the first thing that went through my mind was like, how come this first chick didn't notice this? But apparently she might have been looking for different stuff or something else. I don't know. So, yeah, never, you know, always be aware of when it comes to this sort of thing. I'm like, I'm really cautious about this and I want to spread the word. So, you know, be aware of your ball sacks. And, yeah, uh, don't be ashamed to get embarrassed. Yeah, don't. Just get literally, checked. You, uh... You, before you know it, if there's a problem, you will not have a problem dropping your drawers left, right, and centre for God knows who. Could be a bunch of med students. I've had to do it when I got admitted to urology at one point. A whole bunch of med students walked by. It was like an episode of Scrubs, <laughs> literally. And I was like, holy shit. And they're like, yeah, can you lower your, your underwear? And I was like, fuck. So I did. And they all like leaned in. And I swear to God. Literally, like that moment in Scrubs when they all like come in. Yeah. From a patient's point of view, it's pretty crappy, but you get pretty used to it. And because most of the people, nurses, doctors, it don't matter. You just they've seen it. Been you, there, the moment been you, you, yeah, you're just so used to showing up. The moment you show up, you're just like already unbuckling your belt and stuff before they've even said, "Okay, let's have a look." And that being said, wait for them to tell you to drop your drawers because I've been in so many times where I've already dropped my pants and stuff and they've... They're like, what are you doing? Yeah, and they're like, I need to ask you some questions first. So I've had to pull them back up, answer the questions, then drop them. But... Right. So again, I was going to go into TV shows, but we'll do that next time because uh, it's late and we're running out of time or we've run out of time. The important message is... Get your balls checked. <laughs> Check your bits. <laughs> check your tits. <laughs> just, get every, just get everything just checked. Just check your stuff. Man or woman. Just man, do it. Man tits. Man balls. Woman. Woman balls. Just check your stuff. No, you can't check women's balls because they're, they're theoretical. Or hypothetical. But they're still bigger than ours. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, check your stuff if you notice any lumps or bumps or um, humps or... Unusual yeah. bits. You can do what I did, which is your first call, call your mum. <laughs> yeah. You can call your doctor, which I recommend being your second call, if not your first. <laughs> and then get it checked out and don't let them brush it off with, oh, it's an infection or whatever, which you probably have to go through that process anyway of antibiotics and... Just Go to the doctors. Yes. 
So you probably, yeah, you'll probably, you'll probably have to go through some antibiotic pills, whatever, for 10 days, whatever. And then when it doesn't work, you need to go back to the doctor just to prove that it didn't work. And then you go through some specialists, whatever. And uh, like I said, say, unless there's a, an actual definitive lump, nobody seems to care. I guess it depends what part of the country you're in. Our hospital was really shitty because the amount of times that I went to A&E and they just fobbed it off as, you know, some bullshit. Um, and yeah, it was like for, for a whole two months. So... Just keep uh, keep pushing for a second or third opinion. Do what we got to do. Anyway, next time we'll talk about TV shows and stuff and we'll throw in some funky music and whatnot. Yeah. Cool. Roger, Roger. So, you're going to come back? Yeah. Alrighty. I'll have a look at my diary, see what I got. Sweet. Just pencil you in. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah, 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 thank you. Should be the other way around with my schedule at the moment. I'm doing so many uh, recordings at the moment. Or will be. Anyway, uh, we shall catch up with you next time that you are out and up and about. And uh, thank you for joining me today. You're welcome. I'll see you next time. It's all very official. Yes, it is. Go make me a cup of tea. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And um, See you soon. Yeah, we will see you soon. I'm Scott Nash. I'm Stacey Marie. And this has been Nash Cow. <laughs>